So just for a little while, I want to preach on this subject, feeling Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all that you've done in our lives. God, I am in need of you. I know that in me dwelleth no good thing but you. I know, Father, where I come from and what I've done and where I've been. But, Lord, you have cleansed me. You have saved me by your blood. You've called me and you've set me in this place for this purpose. And so, God, I ask that you would set me aside and that you would speak through me. Let my hands be your hands and my feet your feet. And let my heart beat solely and only for you. Saturate each word in your anointing. Let it sit heavy upon the hearts of your people. Stir us and revive us, I pray this morning. The glory already belongs to you. We would never try to steal it from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've noticed in my life that the manifestation of God's presence comes in different degrees. There have been times where his presence has been so overwhelming that my body collapses or shivers or trembles. There's been times where just the word of God has spoke to me and I knew God was in his word speaking to me. So there's been different degrees of God's touch in my life, but I could tell you that my favorite is being in the presence of the Lord. I like his presence. I told one man after the service that I didn't want to demean the presence of the Lord by using carnal ways of understanding it, but I have become a presence of Jesus junkie. I'm addicted to his presence. And I forgive me for the analogy, but, but that's exactly how I feel. I want to be in his presence. And my grandmother told me that when I was a young baby and I couldn't, I don't even remember it, she said that she was singing and praying over me as a little child and then the presence of God came into the room and she said that I giggled and laughed and kicked and moved my hands and she knew, she said, that I had felt the presence of the Lord. Now, I can't remember that, but I sure like to believe it. Amen. I like to believe it. And I'll never forget the first time that God manifested his presence to me because it was climactic and the most wonderful time of my young life. I was probably nine or ten years old. My mother, who sits here on the front row, battling with addiction, I helped her to the couch in fear of her life. And I remember grandmother simply telling me, Bruce, if you talk to Jesus like he's your friend, He'll hear you. And I was so afraid at that moment. I thought if mom dies, we're going to go into the system. They'll separate my brother and I, and we'll, be, we'll become foster kids. I was so afraid of losing my family and all of those things. And so I got on my knees as a little child, and many of you already heard this testimony, and I began to pray, and I'll never forget feeling Jesus that day. There was no mistaking it. My mind said, it's him. My soul said, it's him. My body trembled and 
goosebumps from the top of my head to my bottom of my feet and every hair on my body stood at attention and I knew Jesus had come into the locked doors of my home. Just poof, there he is. Took one prayer. And God spoke to me that day. Now, listen, it wasn't audible. You know, if you were sitting next to me, you would not have heard it. But it was so real that it was audible to me. I don't think I can explain that properly because his words were so clear that I knew it was him. I knew he spoke. I knew he was saying it to me. There was no question about it. And that day, God saved my mother. That day. Delivered her of addiction, and there she sits on the front row here with me in this church. All of that feeling his presence. Now, I didn't serve the Lord because I didn't quite understand at the time, but at the age of around 12, I gave my life to the Lord. And I wanted to experience more of him I began to seek for the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we had a revival going on at our church and brother and sister MacMahon were preaching at the church and I'm talking about feeling Jesus and and I remember brother MacMahon would preach one night and sister MacMahon would preach the other night do you remember that revival mom and uh, we went to the service, and, and it was hard on me to serve God. Peer pressure was very difficult. Everybody wanted me not to serve God, and so they were trying to pull me away. And, but I, I, I determined that I was going to serve Him at this time, and I was seeking for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I noticed something. I'm going to say something. I'll fix it at the end, but I'm going to say something. I noticed that when he preached, Brother MacMahon, the Spirit of God moved, but when she preached, there wasn't much happening. It was Friday night. It was her turn to preach. And so I'm on the front row because in my mind, I'm I'm just going to sit down here. I'm going to give you an example because in my mind, I felt like the first one to the altar got the blessing. That's just how my mind worked. So I'm sitting on the front row like this to go to the altar. But it was Friday night. And she was preaching. So in my mind, I'm sitting on the front row and my attitude has totally changed. I'm thinking in my mind, I ain't going to get nothing. She's preaching. I wish he was preaching. Boy, the Lord really fixed me that night. I learned something. This Bible tells us this. There is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female in relation to who God is. She preached that night. The moment she read her text, the presence of God touched me. Goosebumps all over my body. It traveled down my body. It went underneath my right thigh. And the whole time she preached, I felt it under my right thigh. I knew I was getting something that night. And God filled me with the Holy Ghost that night. It was the first time I've experienced the Holy Ghost. Now, I would backslide and leave God after that. And if you don't agree with that, I'll fix your doctrine later. But I I backslid and left the Lord and, and went out and served the enemy. But at 16 years old, In a little church in San Bernardino, California, I'll never forget the presence of God again. Grandma was dancing the aisles like a crazy woman. Mama was dancing the church like a crazy woman. Everyone went crazy. Why? Because Jesus showed up. 
And the presence of God was so magnificent in that place. And I'm sitting there and I feel his presence. I know that it's to him. You know how I know? Because my mind goes back to that time when I prayed, asking him to touch my mom and, and, and do something about my circumstances. My mind goes, oh, there he is. That's him. That's the one that touched me. And I felt that presence once again. And, the, and I was so convicted because I wasn't where I belonged. I, did, I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And so I'm convicted and God is knocking on my heart's door and he's saying Bruce I'll never forget it because I'm still living off that one touch right now his presence has totally changed everything about me everything about me I am convinced that many people go to church, but they're not in the presence of Jesus. And I'm telling you, what I, what I, that's the whole premise of what I'm preaching today. is about feeling Jesus. Because you can be in this house and not feel him. It's a scary thing. But Thomas is in a very difficult place in his life. The death of Jesus had shaken his faith. He put a lot, of, uh, a lot of stock in Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He abandoned his family and everything and was walking with Jesus. He expected great things out of the life of Jesus Christ. He believed him to be the Messiah. But when Jesus died, something in Thomas died too. Everybody else was saw Jesus believe, but Thomas said, I will not believe. He was shaken inside of him, disillusioned by the situation. Have you ever been shaken in your faith? Thomas was. Thomas was shaken. His heart was broken. He's like, I don't understand this. I don't get this. And so he was totally shaken by what had taken place in his life. And he became what we call Doubting Thomas. Or in our day and time, I would call him a realist. For reals, Jesus is alive. Come on now. For real, that's what he's saying. I don't, I don't understand it. You know what this tells me? Because Thomas had a great experience with Jesus. I want you to catch this. Thomas had a good experience. He saw, he saw, uh, he saw one girl raised from the dead. He saw Jesus stop a funeral procession and raise another person from the dead. He saw miracle after miracle. He saw whole towns put their sick people in beds on the street, and when Jesus walked by, they would touch him, and they were made whole. He saw that. He saw leopards cleanse, blind eyes open, people who could not walk, walk again. He saw people who could not speak, speak. He saw miracle after miracle. He saw Lazarus come hopping out of a tomb and saw the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But listen, but listen, listen. He saw all of that. And in his heart, he could not believe. Christian, it tells me this, that no matter how deep your experience is with Jesus, you can still be shaken in your faith. You can still shake and go, I don't get it. I don't understand. 
I am I'm in total bewilderment here. Lord, I'm have you ever been confused spiritually? God, why? God, when? God, how come? All these questions. This is all that Thomas is battling in his heart, in his mind, and, and he doesn't know what to do about it. He's totally bewildered by this. Literally, Thomas became for just a moment a spiritual wanderer, wandering around in total disbelief, not knowing what to do. I feel like in this church today, there are people who haven't felt the presence of Jesus in a while. I feel like there are people in this place who know what it's like, who have experiences. If I was to ask you to testify of your times where God came through or you felt the presence of God and you knew God was there, every single one of you could stand up and say, let me give you a testimony. I can tell you when God healed me. I can tell you when God touched me. I can tell you when God came into my heart, came into my, I can tell you some stories. But isn't it fascinating that the stories and those times pass and a lot of time can, can flow by and then you don't feel anything for a while. I feel like some of you need to reach out again. Touch the Lord. Thomas, Thomas became bewildered in his experience with Jesus. But what I love about Thomas is this one truth. There was only one who could satisfy Thomas. That's what I like about him. You call him a doubter, I like him. There's only one that would make Thomas happy. He didn't say, Peter, I'm so glad that you believe. I'm going to live my faith off your belief. No. He said, unless I see him. I, I don't know, I'm going to tell you something. I, you can't live off my experience. I've had some experiences, and as my grandma would say, there are some humdingers. And they're good experiences, and I've been living off them, and I love them. Every one of them belong to me. But can I tell you something? You don't need Pastor Bruce. You need Jesus. You don't need Pastor Jack. You need Jesus. You don't need anybody else in this church, but you most definitely need Jesus. And you can have a, Grandma may have had an experience, but I'm telling you, I need my own experience with Jesus. And what Thomas is saying, Thomas says, unless I see him, I will not believe. In other words, I need my own. I need my own touch. I need my own blessing. I need my own experience with God. I can tell you right now there are many people living off the faith of somebody else and they need to live off their own faith because they need to get in touch with Jesus. You need him. You need that touch. And I thank God I like that about Thomas. Oh, only, only one will do. I could just see, I could see Thomas. They're saying, Peter's like, hey, Thomas, did you hear the great news? Let me tell you, John saw him. James saw him. The sons of Zebedee, we all saw him. Did you hear the news, Thomas? Jesus isn't dead. He is alive. I can just see Thomas go, whatever. <laughs> Congratulations. I could just see Thomas feeling like, okay, you guys experienced something great. But I need it myself. I need it myself. 
I'm thankful for what God has done in my mom and my grandmother. I'm thankful for what God has done in my family. But I need God to do that in me. Are you following me? I hope you're following me because you don't need to rely on other people. You need your own experience with God. And many people come to church and they've learned to be religious because they were taught a form of religion. Religious people go to church. So let's go to church, folks. Let's get to church and and we'll feel a little bit spiritually better about ourselves because we came to the house of the Lord and we've we stamped our spiritual time card and we said, Lord, we went to church. Glory be to Jesus. Let the hallelujahs roll. And that's we feel some spiritual justification in coming into this house. But can I tell you that there are many people who come into this house, but they do not experience Jesus. Jesus came into Thomas's locked doors. Everything was shut up. Thomas was bewildered. The disciples, some of the disciples were excited and believing. But Thomas was bewildered. Eight days later, Jesus shows up. I wonder what Thomas felt like. When everybody goes, there he is. Oh, there he is. All the fear and the doubt dissipated. Come on, anybody been in the presence of Jesus? All the lack of understanding uh, vanished away because there he is. I wonder if Thomas felt like he needed to stick his foot in his mouth. I wonder if he felt a little ashamed because the one that he said, I won't believe unless I see, is standing right there in front of him. You see, I, I, used, I used to say that you can't come to this church without feeling the Lord. I've changed my mind about that. I've changed my mind. I'm going to tell you why. Because during revival service, I was pacing, praying with people. We had a lot of people up here praying. And the Holy Spirit arrested me, grabbed a hold of my mind. And he told me, take this young lady. She needs me. And so... I, I, I went up to her and I go, look, hey, you know what? The Holy Spirit is telling me that he wants you to step out and, and, and he wants me to pray for you. Can you come forward? And, and she hesitantly agreed. She, she agreed, but she, in her heart was, I could tell, struggling to do that. She had never, possibly never done that before. One thing I know for certain is that when she came forward, And stepped out by faith. I laid my hands on her to pray for her. Other people gathered around her. And she began to quiver. Her body. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know what was going on. And she she even said to me. What is this I'm feeling? Come on now. What am I feeling here? I don't understand this. She, she was in our church. And I'm going, huh? 
changed my belief. And I realized something. That you can be all around people who believe. Like Thomas. But still not have your own. Because I'm talking about a lady who's come to church a while. Whose family is a good family, good Christian family. I'm talking about a lady who knows what it's like to see people in the presence of God. But her herself had not experienced it. And see, here's the thing. Thomas, Thomas is in disarray in his own life spiritually. And Jesus appears. And the point is, is he puts all his attention on Thomas. Think about that. Jesus comes and all these other ones believe. But the only people that Jesus says something to that's recorded in the scripture is Thomas. <laughs> he says, Thomas. Thomas. Oh. If you've heard the voice of God speak to you, then you understand where I'm at. If you haven't, I hope, I hope in your heart there's a yearning to hear his voice like that. Thomas, Jesus says, Thomas, I want you to reach out. I want you to touch me. Feel my hands. Feel me. Feel who I am, Thomas. Uh, reach out and grab a hold of me. And he focuses all his attention on the one who's disillusioned. And I like that when people come to church, when they come to this house, there should be such a level of the presence of God in this place. A level that people come in this place and the presence of God is so elevated that there's something about this house. Something about God. Something that says, I need more. I've heard people tell me, I don't know what it was, but I felt like I need to go up to that altar and pray for some reason. And I'm like, I'll tell you exactly what that was. That was the Holy Spirit saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. That was the Holy Spirit wooing you and calling to you. Have you ever been wooed by the Spirit of God? Oh, I like it when he woos me. When he, when he beckons to me. When he calls to me. When he pulls me close, I, and I know he's there because I feel, I feel that, that push, that drive for more of him. And Thomas, he says, Thomas, I want you to touch me. I want you to know something about Jesus. He's not hiding from you. If anything, you're hiding from him. I'm going to say this again. God is not hiding from you. If anything, you are hiding from him. I see that time and time again. Thomas, he, he, Jesus wants Thomas to feel him. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus wants you to feel him. I'm talking about a personal manifestation of God's presence in your life. An experience with God that will make you go all the way till the day you take your last breath on this earth. And I'm not talking about a religious service you attended. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about an experience with God that says, I have touched him. I know my Redeemer lives. I know he's alive because I've touched him. I've seen his handiwork in my mind, in my heart, in my life. I can see him because I have touched him. 
And Thomas had one thing to do, and here's where many people miss it. Many people miss it because, because people seem to think that they don't have any responsibility today when it comes to serving God, and it's a shame. It's a heresy in the church today. You have a responsibility in this. Because Thomas was standing there, and Jesus said, I want you to touch me, because Jesus wants you to feel him. Thomas, touch me. Come on, touch me. What is Jesus asking Thomas to do? Reach out. That's all he's asking. It's a step of faith. That's all it is. Touch me. Touch me, Thomas. Touch me. Feel me. Feel me, Thomas. Feel me, Thomas. Reach out and touch me. And I just, I, I picture Thomas maybe in his, I, I, it's just my own imagination. I'm totally reading into this, but it's my imagination, so you can imagine all you want later on. And, and so, so I could just see Thomas kind of maybe shakingly quivering under the magnificent presence of Jesus and maybe just reaching out and, go, and feeling his hand and rubbing his finger across the nail pierce. I wonder if he took his hand and felt the side. And at that moment, when his faith was engaged, and at that moment with Jesus' presence right there, something magnificent happened to Thomas. His faith came back alive again. He said, my Lord and my God. It's a moment in his life where it all shifted again. Have you ever been so disillusioned that you thought maybe I'll never believe again? Maybe I won't believe anymore. Maybe I'm done believing in this. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I've had hopes that have been dashed. I've seen horrible things under the banner of a religion. I don't know if I believe. But what you need right now is not Pastor Bruce, not Pastor Jack. You need the presence of Jesus in your life and just your faith to say, Lord, one more time, let me reach out and touch you. Let me reach out and touch you. The Bible is explicitly true in this fact that those who reached received. Jesus said to the man who had a withered hand, stretch it out. He did and it was made whole. The woman said, if I can but touch him, if I can get to him. And she pressed through the crowd and she grabbed hold of the hem of his garment. Why? Because touching his hem made her whole. Her faith activated into the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, you and your faith is activated in the presence of the Lord. Magnificent things happen. Healings happen. People's lives are changed. You see, you can be in this building. You can be right here in this building, coming to church. And I want you here. I believe God wants you here. I believe that. But I can tell you right now that you can be here and not be experiencing everything that God wants you to experience. There's so many games the enemy plays with our hearts. Distractions and things and Stuff, but what you need is just a stretch of faith for a moment. A moment. If I was going to testify tonight, 
I, would, I could testify from the time I was 16 to the time I live today and tell you so many times that I, how many times I've experienced the presence of God. I'm going to tell you something. I've experienced him on a daily and a weekly basis. He's always there. Always there. There's different degrees in which I experience him, but I can tell you there's an experience. There's an experience. And so the Bible tells us this. If we draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. And so my, 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 my question to you, Christian, is why aren't you drawing nigh? Is it possible that you think coming to church is enough? Is it possible that you believe that all the prayers I pray inside the house of God is enough? Because the truth is, is that our heart, God knows your heart. And you can be in this place and not be in this place. And so God expects a faith to be activated in you that you're willing to reach out and touch him. Amy, would you come back to the piano? Let me close with this because there's, there's some, let me give you some theology for just a moment when it relates to the grace of God. How many love the grace of God? It's the greatest thing ever. But there's this concept of provenient grace. And what that means is, is that the grace of God has laid a path out for me to come to him. Because if God did not give me a path, I could never come. Because if I come to God just as I am, think about this, in all of my sin, in all of my ungodliness, if I walk up into the presence of God, he would consume me and kill me instantly. That's what the Bible teaches. Have you not read the Old Testament? One man simply tried to steady the ark and God killed him. God said, don't touch the mountain because if you come up to the mountain where my presence is, you will die. Don't come into the holies of holies without permission because you will die. God's presence is very explicit in this, that you come to God on his terms. That's how it's, that's the Bible's clear teaching. But what I love about the New Testament is provenient grace in other words, I come just as I am, walking on a path that he has paved for me. The grace of God is stable for me to come into his presence. And now I come into his presence with boldness. Think about that, boldness. I come into his presence and grace has laid a path. That before I could even come to him or felt worthy enough to be in his presence, he made a way for me to stand right in front of him because of grace. But that's not all grace does. It's not just to get me there. It's also to get me in. The veil on the holies of holies was ripped from the top to the bottom, exposing Everything on the inside, hidden from humanity for years, was all the articles. The, the, the Ark of the Covenant was in there. And everything was hidden from humanity. The mercy seat was there, but they couldn't get to it. But when Jesus died, grace ripped it in two. And said, now man can come to me.
And today, you and I are saved because we walked the path of provenient grace and we stood before him and his grace cleansed us of every sin. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of every sin. Today, if you, are, if you feel any spiritual blessing, it did not come from you. It came from God. So Thomas is standing there in front of the one he refuses to believe. Think about this. I'm talking about grace now. And all of a sudden, he touches the master. It awakens his faith. Thomas would give his life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he had his own experience. His own experience. If there's anything, I, I'm, I'm trying so hard this morning to pull you out of complacency. To pull you out of this comfortable believism that comes into the church. And draw you into a real close relationship with Jesus. A relationship that experiences Him. I want an experience, don't you? I don't want to hear other people testify. I want to have my own testimony. My own testimony. Because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our own testimony. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?